Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast. My name is Kerry Shumway and I'll be your host. Today we're going to talk about brewery financial planning and forecasting, otherwise known as budgeting. But nobody likes the word budgeting, so we're going to call it planning and forecasting because that just sounds better. So you got to have a brewery financial plan. You know this. Putting it together can be a little bit painful because it takes a long time, right? It takes weeks or months and you got to get a lot of people involved. And there's a lingering thought that, man, even when I get this thing done, it's not even going to be, it's going to be obsolete, right? Because things change. Things change really fast. So one of the things that I recommend in the financial planning process is to use models that you can update regularly, frequently, as new information comes available. Particularly these days with so much uncertainty relative to all aspects of our business, really, we need a good model, a good planning model that that we can update regularly so that it doesn't become obsolete, so that it doesn't feel like the budgeting process is an exercise in frustration. So that's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to share with you here today. And many of the things that I'm going to discuss, I'll link to in the show notes. Uh, so you can check that out and get, you know, some downloadables, uh, some models that you can, that you can use for your business. Now I will say this presentation, this podcast, um, is part of a larger course uh, which is basically Brewery Financials 101. I call it a crash course in brewery finances. And you can get that included with your craft brewery financial training membership. And I'm offering a free 60-day trial for a limited period of time. So if you go to craftbreweryfinancialstraining.com and sign up for the membership, uh, you'll get access to this course. So today's podcast will be an overview of what you'll find there. The course goes into a lot more depth, uh, provides a lot more information, guides you step-by-step on the financial planning and budgeting process. So for today, we're going to talk about you know best practices, key questions that you can ask in your planning process, pitfalls to avoid. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes, done a lot of budgets, hopefully learned a few things. I can pass that along to you. And then we're going to talk about I think there's really seven steps to creating your financial plan. And we'll go through each of those steps quickly just to kind of get you started, talk about how to build your schedules. And we never have perfect information. So that's something just to keep in mind is, you know, we're doing the best we can with these numbers. And I find the process of, you know, actually doing the planning um, starts to build those muscles. So even though we don't have perfect information, we get better at creating, we get better at estimating and forecasting the more we do it. It's just like anything. The more you practice, you're going to get better. Um, In financial planning, you know, if we're only doing it once a year, 
boy, that's really hard to get better at it. You know, it's just that's too infrequent. Uh, so we'll talk about ways where you can do your your planning and forecasting on a much more regular basis in much smaller time periods. You know, we're not going to talk, you know, weeks or months. We're going to talk, you know, minutes or hours to do that on a regular basis so that it becomes, you know, part of your routine. So financial best practices, let's start there. Uh, first and most, most obvious is really getting the plan on paper, and that can be, you know, digital, spreadsheets, whatever. But we gotta we got to get this out of our head and onto the paper so that we can so that we can watch it, so we can track against it, something we can compare with. You know, it's the only way we're going to know, are we on track? Are we falling short? Are we ahead? So it's that old saying, if you don't know where you're going, any financial plan will get you there. So we want to have a good plan that lays out a path, a roadmap uh, to where we want to get financially and gives us the ability to, to really see what did we expect was going to occur, what actually happened, and why, and so that we can course correct in real time. We want to give some thought about who is this plan for? So when we're creating a budget, a financial forecast, um, just be really purposeful about who it's for and be be honest with yourself. If it's just for the bank, okay. If it's for your investors, maybe it's your ownership group. Um, we want to know what are their needs and requirements so we make sure we include those in the plan. So if it's for the bank, for example, you know, the bank's going to have, if you have loans, debt service requirements. Uh, so those are leverage ratios, uh, things of that nature. So we want to make sure that our financial plan takes that into account and says, hey, this plan is for my bank. They need to know about our debt service requirements. Let's make sure we understand it and we put it into our financial plan. So really figure out who is the plan for and then design the plan for that particular audience. So strategy, mission, goals, objectives, initiatives, all these things that go into a business plan, we want to make sure that we've baked them into our financial plan. This sounds obvious, but a lot of times there's a disconnect between what we have in the business plan relative to strategy and what we have in the financial plan relative to funding that strategy. You know, if, if we're going to do certain initiatives that are going to cost money, it's great to have them in the business plan, but we've got to make sure that we've actually matched it up and included it in our financial plan. So for example, you know, if we're going to be uh, expanding distribution, let's say we're going to be opening up new markets or going into new states, you know, that might require adding additional sales support, um, additional marketing spends, things of that nature. So if that's our strategy that's included in our business plan, I always want to make sure that it's in our financial plan, that we've accounted for it. We've identified what those costs might be, um, and then we've quantified them. Goals and objectives, you know, the same same kind of idea. You know, if we have an, a goals and objectives relative to a new safety initiative, let's say, or training and education for our people, or getting certifications, things of that nature, uh, what's important that we want to accomplish? Write it out, quantify it, get into the financial plan. Again, it sounds obvious that if you've got a business plan, that stuff should be in the financial plan, but occasionally it gets forgotten. Yeah, we're going to do all these things. And then we, then we didn't actually budget the expense for it, things of that nature. Some pitfalls to avoid, you know, mistakes I've made or I've seen uh, folks make relative to the financial forecasting. Number one is timing. So timing is everything, right? Starting too late, not finishing the plan. So we really want to figure out when do we need this thing done and then work backwards 
from that. Now, a traditional financial forecast, I would advocate starting, say, middle. If you're if you're a December 31st, if you're a, a calendar year um, company, I would start, say, mid-October and have a good draft by mid-November before Thanksgiving, let's say. And I'd have the plan completely done by mid-December before you know, the holidays kick in and everybody's off on vacation. So timing is everything. When do you want to start? When do you want to finish? You know, work backwards from that deadline. That's number one. Second is not involving the right people in the process. So we want to make sure we understand who should be part of this planning process. Who do we need to hear from? Who has information that can help inform the plan? And I'm an advocate for the more, the better. Uh, Really a minimum of one representative from each department. So that might be brewing, packaging, taproom, admin, sales, things of that nature. So having those folks involved in the process not only informs the budget, informs the financial plan, it helps to educate and train everybody who's who's included. Uh, so they'll be able to work on their financial literacy. They'll be able to ask, not only provide information, but ask questions so that they can get information, do their jobs better. And really it helps with getting buy-in on the plan as well. So somebody's included, they get a seat at the table, they're learning, you know, they feel engaged, they feel empowered by that. Um, that, you know, it's really, it's it's a win-win for everyone. A third financial pitfall, using poorly designed financial tools or information. Uh, so again, here's what I would say. I would use the models uh, that we have at craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. I'll put some links in the show notes so you can check those out. But we don't want to spin our wheels using poorly designed financial tools. We've got to have good models uh, to plug in this information and to make it something we can update on a regular basis. A fourth pitfall to avoid is not creating an actionable plan. So one of the challenges I've seen with budgets and the budgeting process is we're, you know, companies may just create a budget because they have to. Uh, we want to create a budget, a financial plan that has action baked into it. We want results. You know, we want this plan to be literally a roadmap that shows us where we want to go, how we're going to get there, who's going to do it, what the deadlines look like. So those action items. So I'm a big fan of as you're doing your plans, you're not just forecasting numbers, you're putting in act- actual things that we're going to do. So I might, I might look at it like this, like a financial plan is kind of a, an outcome goal. You know, that's the outcome we want. We want sales of this. We want margins of that. We want profits of this other thing. Those are outcomes that we're trying to get. We want to talk about process. What is the What are the process goals that are going to help us get the outcomes that we say we want? So on the process goal side, uh, that's where the action items come in. So we've got a sales plan. Here's what we need for numbers. That's an outcome goal. Okay, let's talk about the process goals. What things are we going to do in order to achieve those results. So we want results, create action plans. And the fifth uh, pitfall to avoid is not communicating what the plan is to those who need to know. So we can solve this if we've got the right people involved in the process, you know, a a representation uh, from each department, for example. But once the plan is done, we need to communicate that plan to the people that can make a difference, because that's really the that's the power of these financial plans is it's a roadmap. Everybody's out there driving the business uh, to the extent, you know, that, that they 
to their purview to what they control. So the brewers brewing, the packagers packaging, the taproom servicing customers, they're all doing these things independently, uh, but it's part of the bigger, the bigger whole. So the plan can really show people how they fit into the bigger picture and show them how they can really make a difference. So communicating that plan um, is, is super important. So when it's done, make sure everybody understands it's done. Here are our outcome goals. Here are our process goals. And let's get after it. All right. So the financial planning process, uh, really breaking it into seven steps. So first is sales. We, we generally, and I will say this, I'm going to run through these seven steps, but you don't have to do them in this order. And I think that's really important to think about. Um, very often what I'll see is when businesses are doing a financial planning process, they'll say, well, we've got to start with the sales plan because uh, everything comes back to sales. You know, what do we think? And, that, and there's some truth to that. However, the sales planning can be really hard, particularly if you're a startup, your growth stage, or you're in a pandemic such as we are right now. Who knows what sales are going to be? Um, so that's one of the things that keeps us from getting going is we're like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's really hard. I don't have a, a clue as to how to even start. So I would say you don't have to start with the sales plan. That's one. You know, you can kind of pick and choose. Um, so let me run through these seven and maybe give you a, a, an example of what that might look like. So so the, the uh, financial planning process has these seven steps. One, the sales plan. Two is our gross margin plan. You know, what are our cost of sales and margins for each of our packages? Three, our operating expense plan. So we want to go through payroll, lease expense, utilities, all, all of our major categories of expense. Then we obviously want an EBITDA or a net income plan. Both is good. Um, EBITDA means earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So these are things that banks need to look at. Investors are very interested in. So we want to plan for that. Fifth is our capital expense plan. These are our big ticket purchases, new equipment, uh, new leasehold improvements, uh, new tanks, things of that nature, capital expenses. Six, we want a debt service plan. Debt service really means what do we have for debt and how are we going to pay it back? What do we have for debt? And what does that impact on a monthly and an annual basis? So we've got a plan to pay that back. And then seventh is we're looking at other cash flow drivers of our financial plan, cash flow drivers of our business. And these would include things like accounts receivable, you know, and tools to monitor accounts receivable, accounts payable, inventory, things that tend to live on the balance sheet that aren't immediately in our face on the PL, on the income statement. So those are the seven pieces. So as I said, you don't have to go one through seven in that order. You may want to start with, and what I often find is, is frankly easier to start with, is, is on the operating expense side. And I'll say this, operating expense, what it tends to be the things that we are a little more in control of. They tend to be things that are more known. So for example, payroll expense under operating expense, we're pretty sure we know what that's going to be, right? We know who we have on staff. We know what we're going to pay them. We know if there's going to be bonuses or increases coming. We have a pretty good sense as to, you know, what that's going to look like. Lease expense. Got a pretty good idea on that too. We've got a lease. You know, we know what our monthly expenses are. We can, we can put that in. Utilities. All right. If Again, if we've got historical information to go on, we should get a... So you see... You can start filling these in, things in pretty quickly, 
And that's going to build a little bit of momentum. So if we can do the operating expense, then we might say, all right, well, capital expense, let's talk about that. I know I know, we want to add some tanks and I know we need to buy some kegs. Um, so let's start kind of mapping that out. You know, what are we going to buy? What do we need? When are we going to purchase them? So before you know it, of these seven steps, you know, you've clicked off two or three and now you're starting to get some momentum. Um, and then you can work your way towards sales and margin planning um, as you're comfortable with it. So those are the seven steps, sales, margins, operating expenses, EBITDA and net income, capital expenses, debt service plan, and looking at your other cash flow drivers. So that's uh, how I would consider this, you know, looking at this planning process, going through each of those steps, filling them out. I'll have models and, and templates here that you can follow. So you can plug and play. You can put these numbers in. You can do them in a relatively um, quick way. So we're not spending too, too much time. So there's models on the full plan, on how you can approach your sales planning, your margins, how you want to look at that, and so forth. So again, uh, the full course with videos, downloads, step-by-step instruction is included uh, with the free 60-day trial to Craft Brewery Financial Training. So go to craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com, sign up for the membership, and you'll get access to this course and many more. And if you sign up, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you see financial improvement in your brewery business and that you build a really great financial roadmap for your business. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.